Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. Two thirds of us have sore throats, and we're sorry. Um, first thing, try not to cough the whole time. Yeah, it's going to be very, very hard for me. Uh, first up tonight is uh, Batman and the Joker: The Deadly Duo, number one, written and illustrated by Mark Silvestri. Vincy, you said you had a lot to say about this book, so I'm going to let well, you start this off. I don't know about a lot to say. I said based on Zach's reaction, we were going to have a fun conversation. I was looking forward to. Okay, we'll go um, for it. Well, Zach hated this. First of all, I'm going to put him on blast right now. It was so bad. Like, and here's the thing: comically so, but not I, actually not comically. It was, <laughs> there was no laughing. I didn't laugh. I just groaned the entire time. <laughs> here's the thing: I don't think I don't think this is a good comic. Okay, don't get me wrong. It was so much better than I expected it to be. That is wild. And and let me tell you, because. Because when I imagine a Mark Silvestri Batman and Joker comic in my mind's eye, I imagine like like bad dialogue and narration everywhere and just like littering the page with it. Because that I have is what, this... that's what it is. No, no, <laughs> no. There's way less to read than you would think that there would be. I agree with that. There's was... less to read, but. It was so breezy. And the other thing is that it's it's very dumb. The dialogue is very dumb, but it's like the thing that I thought while reading it was give me 10 issues of Batman that read like this than one that reads like uh the Tony Daniel Detective Comics. <laughs> like that Zach, you said this is like the worst comic you've read in years or like the worst bat. I forget exactly what you said. But revisiting Tony Daniels tech for the new 52 Patreon. That is way more of a crime than this book, which is dumb and it's trying to have fun and it's not my kind of fun, but it's, it's so breezy. Like I, I, I breathe such a sigh of relief while reading this because I didn't want to read this. Like we it's well-documented before the show that I didn't want to read this as part of the show but we were kind of running out of ideas. It was such a relief to like read it and be done so much quicker. <laughs> so quick so much clear? quicker, quicker, quicker. I don't it's it's late. Co- you guys clear. Yeah, exactly. Um no, more, so much more quickly than I expected to be done reading a book like this. And <laughs> if that's damning with faint praise, that's right, but but it's 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 way better than I feared it was going to be. Counterpoint, it's, Zach. It's I, I very, ba- it's very Batman one hundred and one. But it's like, just like the whole thing is like Batman's like he, he's a good cop. Those are the bad cops. Oh, that's the, the worst good part. cops are scared of me. The bad cops are scared of me, and that's like the whole comic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is the worst stuff in it because you've got like I I know like. Sylvester's probably trying to make some kind of like political point, but the funniest thing about you kind of have to like, he's definitely not intending for it to be campy, but you kind of have to like, think of it as campy. I guess it is. Camp- yeah. It I, is I, a little I guess campy. If you, if you look at it that way, I guess it is, but because, it's not trying to be that. It's like, not that trying I feel to be like that, it no. is like, you can read it as camp and that maybe makes it better. But like, I don't know that Sylvester has like a campy bone in his body, you know, like no. everything's, 
to to quote Brian recently, everything is very sincere, and you can you can see it. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I totally um, forget what you're referencing. <laughs> the killers, the killers. Oh yes, um, yeah. Uh, but okay, but the thing the thing is that part is so funny. If you read, because there's a part where he says he actually says it twice. Bruce, Bruce says this twice about those are the bad cops. I'm going to come for them one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not, you know, like, like the, the in joke of having read a million issues of Batman comics is that no, he never is like, there's all these freaks and goons in Gotham that he has to deal with all the time. He's never going after those bad cops ever, you know, him going after the bad cops is like the, uh, the book that you have on your shelf that you tell yourself you're going to read one day, but you know, you will die having not read. Because yeah. there will always be something else to read instead of that book. Exactly. Dune. <laughs> no, I love Dune. I told you that. I'm talking about myself here. Oh, okay. You should read Dune. I know. I know. I know. What you Dune? I've started Dune many times. I love Dune. Dune, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That'd yes. Fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, well, go ahead. Oh, go. I was no, just going to say one other thing about the comic is that Sylvester's art. It is definitely like the people that like Sylvester are going to like this, obviously. Um, it's not to my taste, way too much cross hatching. But one thing that I noticed that's very interesting is if you look at the variant, co- the Harley Quinn variant cover that Sylvester drew, it's kind of like a black and white thing. Uh-huh. If you look at that cover, that is so much better than, first of all, Sylvester's main cover for the book but also any of the interior art it's it's so much more like there's there's less cross hatching first of all the cross hatching that is there is used like sparingly and like in just the perfect just for exactly what you're going for when you're when you're going for like subtle realism you know if more of Sylvester's art looked like that Harley Quinn cover the book would be like a joy to look at well, so I, I really think that cover is essentially him doing like a convention sketch. Sure. Yeah, that that, that is that is an unadorned. I'm just going to draw Harley Quinn and that's that's it. Whereas everything else is him trying to do sequential storytelling. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, go off, Brian. I was going to say, as usual, I, I fall somewhere in between you guys on this. Um, I have, you know, I, I have a secret history of, as an early image fanboy. You know, I was at what? What, what year was Image? 92? Nine, was it 92? I got 91 in my head. For I, think it's, I, think, I think it's 92. So I, I was 10 at the time. I was knee-deep in comic fandom. Like, all that stuff. 92. Yep, you're right. I, I will always have a a certain nostalgia for that era, even if I don't actually think most of those comics were any good. Like, there is just there is something in me that will always enjoy and appreciate some aspect of of those comics um and i always thought that silvestri's art was um when he was when silvestri is on i understand how he can still be doing top cow stuff 30 years later like i i think that for people who dig his style he can show you why he is considered very very good at the thing that he does it is not my thing like you were saying Vincey. this is not necessarily 
the type of comic art that gets me excited. But I think that in terms of those those early image guys, Sylvester is the one who sort of kept his chops up the best. He definitely draws the most like he he draw you know he drew more in this issue than Jim Lee has drawn in a decade. <laughs> uh, although I, I actually I interviewed Sylvester last week and he said this book is seven years in the making. But he said that not I mean obviously not all of that was uh was actually being uh you know wor- active work. He said when he yeah. when he had time he would work on it you know here and there. Um, and I think that you know like again there is there is entirely too much cross hatching here. And also, I think you know, his his Joker design's a little bit too cute, and I hate that Batman doesn't have trunks on, but he has that like weird Wally West lightning belt uh, <laughs> part of the uniform. Like, I I don't I don't love the design here, but I think that you know I don't think this is this is not particularly my my cup of meat, but I also recognize that this is as Vince said far better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Zach, you want to dump some more shit on this or what? No, I don't. I really don't have that much more to say about it. I just thought it was uh, when I said it was the worst thing I've read in years. That was definitely hyperbole. It is not for me by any means or stretch or in, in any conceivable way. I'm sure somebody will enjoy this. Um, I just don't (laughs) there there's if a comic was made to be as uninteresting to me as possible it would be this one (laughs) well it's interesting so i when i was talking to sylvestri i i mentioned that years ago i was at a convention talking to an unnamed creator and they asked me if i ever had ambition to be a comic writer and i said not really i said i did have you know i I said of course as you you read comics for long enough you get ideas, right? And he's like, well, give me, give me one of your ideas. What would you, if you were writing Batman, like what would you do with Batman? And I forget exactly what I said, but I, I started talking about some like minor character who goes uh, uh, right there. That's why you'll never write Batman. Because if you write Batman, the answer to your question is you should write Batman versus the Joker. Cause that's what everybody wants. And that's what will sell. And you will never do that. Um, You know, yeah. and, and oh. he's right. Like he's right. Like this is like, this is what people probably want. Not not I this exact so. version, but like people want Batman versus the Joker. Overall, that's what people want. Um I to me that's not the most interesting combination of characters by any stretch, but I understand, you know, I, I understand what he was saying when he said that. Um see so yeah, it's not it's not surprising to me. That, and Sylvester is a guy who probably hasn't read too many DC comics over the last 35 years, you know, since he stopped working for DC. So, uh, you know, he probably doesn't have a ton of, like, you know, he, I don't think he has many thoughts on, like, on the current Aqualad, right? Remember when he did that, uh, that Hulk book with Jason Aaron? Mm-mm. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. He was on the the main Hulk book for a while. He he and Jason Aaron relaunched it. It was for how um, long? That's a great question. It was a it, it was a little bit. I'm not sure though. Man, wow. Uh, he definitely. I think read... it was the Marvel Now era. Really? Yeah. 
he definitely read um he definitely read the Batman who laughs though. Oh, who who did he, he he kept up with that. Zach, I I thought I thought Marvel now was uh oh, wasn't didn't Mark Wade do That was Hulk? that was like one of the later iterations, yeah. Really? That wasn't yeah. the original Marvel now? Uh-uh, I don't think so. Mm. Hold on. He well, wrote, he did incredible. Maybe Hulk, it wasn't Marvel now. Three, the the, the Jason Aaron three. run definitely preceded the, the Wade run. I'm I'm almost positive. Then maybe it was right before Marvel now. It was 2011. He did it. He did three issues okay. in 2011. Okay, so it was before Marvel now. Then okay, okay. <clears throat> was the Wade one Marvel first original Marvel now? Yes. Okay, I know that because I started an abandoned Marvel now read through not that long ago. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and someday i'll do it again <laughs> who was on that book who was on the wade one uh for art i don't remember um i don't think it was it wasn't a very good book um, no. as, much, as much as i like wade um it is a name it is a name you would know though hang on that was indestructible hulk wasn't it yeah yeah that was, was... oh is it lionel you yes yeah yeah. Although there was a like short Walt Simonson arc early on too. What? <laughs> That's wacky. It was like a Hulk Thor team up. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, you're you're right. What was the yeah the Jason Aaron Hulk did? It was just before Marvel now. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, this is this is certainly not our style of book, but it is something DC publishes. They did it. They did. They did do it. They did the thing. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right, so this is a super short show this week. We do want to talk about, very briefly, uh, Monkey Prince number 8 by Gene Luen Yang and Bernard Chang. We read this issue. Um, I had not caught up with all the issues preceding this. Did either of you guys read a bunch of Monkey Prince this week? Mm-mm-mm. No, no. No. So, so any notes on this book? Uh he he uh he Monkey Prince uh, gets control of Goku's staff. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And the staff has big giant teeth and what what did they what Zach, what did they call that uh pull in the in the English dub of BBC? <sighs> Fuck you would ask me that right now. Um... Well, was it just the power pull? Uh, I kind of think it was just po- I kind <laughs> what? Not yeah, it was the power. It was not the power pole. Yeah, yeah, power pole, flying Nimbus. He's got to get flying Nimbus now. Mm-hmm. Something, something, Capsule Corp. Yeah, my only note on Monkey Prince was that um, I I thought that this is one of Gene Liu and Yang's weaker DC issues I've read, mainly because I thought he went too deep with the little mermaidisms in the beginning like there was one line of that 
it would have been fine, but there's like ten lines of him quoting uh he, part of your world and it's just You don't just, like thingamabobs and what's its galore? I, I mean, you didn't like, like the part where Monkey Prince said, Ah, oh, look at us under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you uh, canceled. Yeah. Um I that's what Sebastian talks like. It is. That's what yep. Yeah, yep. you don't you don't know right. voice though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're uh, just kidding. We're just kidding, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm canceled. No, no, no. no. Uh, I, you would like the one who did canceled. it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um by the way, best Disney song there is. Oh no, that it's a good Disney song. It's not the best Disney song. What's the best? I mean, it's so like, how part of your it's part of your world. Sorry, uh, no. how how Car- wide Carly Ray like, Jepsen version? No, do I get to count like Muppet songs in this or no? No, Muppets are part of Disney. I, fucking fucking class- Imperial March is part of Disney, man. Imperial March is better than classic Di- classic Disney cartoon Golden Age of animation. Uh, no, okay. uh, the the best Disney song is has to be either. Uh, be our guest or Beauty and the Beast. Oh man, uh, Bare Necessities is a fucking jam. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a really okay. good song. It's um, okay. Oh come on, Be Our Jungle Guest is, is good. Is uh, mid. I'm a nineties kid. What can you say? Jungle Book is is mid, but Bare Necessities is not mid. Bare Necessities <laughs> is, a, is a bop. Um, ooh, what else? Um. I, mean, I I will say that I think overall the Lion King music is very good. Uh huh. But I don't know if there's one song that stands out. Be our guest is pretty great. I mean, Hakuna Matata. I just can't wait to be king. Is great. That's what I'm saying. But I, 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 they're all yeah. really good. I don't know if one like you know. Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah. I mean, that's. Whew. They don't. They don't let the Avengers do that kind of stuff. Swim this way. <laughs> what is uh. that? From King, from the Atlantic world in Kingdom Hearts two. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. That's okay. No, that's that's oh god damn yeah yeah. Anyway, um, all I know by is... extension, simple and clean is the best Disney song. Oh, there you on. go. Yep. Okay, we can. You and I are doing the uh, the power fist gra- <laughs> grapple right now. Anyway. Anyway, uh, moving on. The other book that we read this week, we're going to very briefly touch on is New Champion of Shazam number three, written by Josie Campbell, illustrated by Doc Shaner. Uncle Dudley's here. Uncle Marv, which is a pretty a pretty clever way to not say Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His name Marv Dudley. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's it's clever, and he keeps making them call him that. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> very good. And yeah. uh, and and yeah, Uncle Dud here he is with his wife. Exactly. <laughs> No, uh, uh, uh b- much DC better. My... <laughs> That's him saying "die" in the key days. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> much, I, our fans have no idea what we're talking nope, about. No nope. fans. We're, we're, we shouldn't even have fans. Oh. Um, better reference at the beginning of this comic than the Little Mermaid. Did you guys catch it? Uh which one? There is a panel. I think it's like uh, when when she like goes viral for chickening out. Uh huh. There's there's a little uh, uh caption that says, uh, well, it re- I don't know exactly what it says, but it references Brave Sir Robin ran away. 
from we, we, yes, which Holy is a Grail. Monty Python. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the one comment was the only hero I recognize is Gritty. Yeah, um, yep, yep. You know, yep. Well, a few months late on that reference, I think, but you know, it's comics. The way comics it's, come out, exactly. I, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. No, Josie Campbell's a, a man. What a what a great book. This is you know we don't have much to say, but it's just really quality work. It looks great. Doc Shaner's art's great. Josie Campbell's script is crackling, I would say. Um, the, the, also... the bit where she fights, uh, what's his name? Babel. Babel. I mean, that was extremely good. Like mm-hmm. that, the way that that was staged and, and written and it was just, it was just all very good. Yeah. Using the word word art as sort of the attack that. Yeah. 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 Really great. Like it legitimately felt claustrophobic. Like you could imagine they were very good at depicting how Mary must have felt at that time. Yeah. Um, And also I would say that the, the little bit about the unhoused people in the subway Mm -hmm. was, was nice to see. Including yes, that, yeah. including that could Uncle have been Mar. handled. That could have been handled in a much less um, nuanced way. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to say is I feel like part of this is because this is the only book that's really been given the opportunity to do this. But this feels for the first time like there are characters, the, 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 rather there are creators who can take what John's did with the um, Shazam family and continue that story. Like this feels very, this doesn't feel like characters that have been siloed away. This feels naturally part of the DC universe. That's a good thing. Cause I want, I want those siblings to still have a role in the Shazam comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Doc Shander is just the best. Yeah. It's kind of fun how like Eugene, Eugene doesn't really play like a major role in this, but every time he pops up, he like gives Mary a little bit to go on just based on like him knowing people around the town yep. or around mm-hmm. on the school or whatever, you know, like, yeah, it's just a good little bit of character work lasts a page or two and, and that's it, but it gives him something to do and, and like a defined role in all of this. Yeah. And it's also just like impressive how like this is going to be a four issue miniseries and it's going to tell a, a whole story and it's going to be good. Yes. Oh man. But everything should be four issues max. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, that does it for a very short show. There wasn't a lot to talk about this week, but you know, next week we will make up for it. <laughs> uh, will we next week? Yeah, there's like a million things to talk about next week. Let's find out what those books are. Vince Ostrowski. <laughs> oh, I'm the show was so short. I'm not as prepared as I usually am. Yes, you usually totally prepared <laughs> for this. I've been good lately. <sighs> what, what week is this going to be? Uh, eleven eight. Eleven eight. Okay, I got it. Um, Batgirls number twelve, Batman Incorporated two, Batman Urban Legends uh, number twenty one, Batman versus Robin three. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth 6, I Am Batman 15, Multiversity Teen Justice 6, Superman Son of Kal-El 17, Death of Superman 30th Anniversary Issue, um, the uh, Wildcats number one, and Wonder Woman 793. And we're supposed to be getting the new Golden Age one shot too next week. Oh. 
I don't have that yet. No, that yeah. that is that is not in our in our folder yet. But uh, <clears throat> until then, if you have to touch two thirds of us, uh, the ones of us that have colds right now are both on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app, and I'm at the woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is uh, counting his uh, thingamabobs. <laughs> God, hell yeah. I count them every night, sometimes two or three times. Yeah, we're well aware. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, man, there's a Mr. Mon Mothma.